As a community, First Baptist Belton exists for the purpose of knowing Jesus intimately, serving Jesus passionately, and sharing Jesus globally. Come join us on Sundays at one of our worship services at 8.30 or 11, and for Bible study at 9.45. We hope today's message encourages and strengthens your faith in God. Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning Church at First Baptist Belton on Easter Sunday morning. Those of you who attend church here know that we always begin Easter Sunday service with exactly the same statement. You remember, I say, Christ is risen, and you respond, Christ is risen indeed. So we're not in the same room this year, but we're going to do it anyway, because it's true. So are you ready? Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. I believe I could hear you. Hallelujah that we can respond. No one expected to celebrate Easter like this today. Except God who knew from eternity past. And he's allowed us to have technology and people who know how to use it. And I am so very, very grateful. We live in a world of change. And remember a few months ago, we had a sermon series entitled, What in the World is Happening Here? We had no idea that this was going to happen. But we ask ourselves the question, are things falling apart? And the conclusion that we reached is no. Things are not falling apart, rather... Everything is falling into place, falling into place for the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world has changed a lot, but the constant is Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. Well, of course, today we finish the series Steps to the Cross. We really finish the Steps to the Cross on Good Friday, but we conclude the series today Steps to the Cross the resurrection, the constant in a world of change. If you have your Bible handy, please open to Matthew's Gospel, the 28th chapter. We'll read the first 10 verses, or you can look at them on the screen as we read. From Matthew chapter 28, the Scripture says, After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met him, met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, where 
they will see me. Is that true? What I just read. What you just read. Is that true? I believe with all my heart it's true. I know it's true. So if it's true, or since it's true, then we really have no choice except to say, I will follow Jesus, one who lived a sinless life, died on the cross for your sin and for mine, and then on the third day arose from the grave. We must follow him. And I urge you to do that beginning today, if you do not yet follow Jesus. I must follow him. As we think about the major religions of the world today, we know that most of them are based on mere philosophical propositions. But there are four world religions that are based on personalities rather than philosophies. And of those, only Christianity claims to have a resurrected founder. Abraham died. Buddha died. Muhammad died. Jesus died, but he arose from the grave and appeared to well in excess of 500 people for 40 days before ascending back to the right hand of the Father. Well, as we look at the text... We find the women grieving, coming to the tomb, and in their hearts there is no thought, absolutely no thought of a resurrection. In fact, as we read Mark's gospel, as he tells this event, we find that the main concern of the ladies was, who's going to roll the stone away so that we can go inside and anoint the body of Jesus? And so when they arrived... The stone was already rolled away. Jesus was not there. They saw the angels heard their message, and they are in utter amazement to hear those words, He is risen. So as we think about this incredible text, which may be really familiar to many of you, but maybe not so to others, I want us to embrace just six thoughts about this text as we think about the resurrection, the constant in a world of change. First of all, the resurrection means he is alive. The resurrection means he is alive. He died. Oh, some have floated the proposition, well, maybe his body was stolen. No, it was not stolen. Roman soldiers were guarding the tomb. No one stole the body. Well, some have said in an incredible Proposition: Well, maybe Jesus just fainted on the cross and then three days later woke up, moved the heavy stone and just came out on his own. Well, that's so ridiculous. It's not even worth talking about. We know that a spear went into his side to prove his death before they ever took him off the cross. And there is no question but that Jesus is alive. Well, what is the evidence that we have that Jesus really is alive? Well, first of all, let me say that every believer in Christ, every Christ follower is evidence that Jesus is alive because the scripture says if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Because of the resurrection, you aren't the person you once were. I'm not who I used to be. We've been changed from the inside out by the living, resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. 
There were many eyewitnesses who saw Jesus. And some have said, well, maybe this is a made-up story. Well, I assure you it isn't, because when those early believers began to be persecuted and arrested and beaten and some even, even crucified, if they had known this is fake, Jesus never was alive, we just told this story, I assure you that somewhere along the line, somebody would have said, whoa, hold on, it really didn't happen, I'll take you to his body, I'll show you where it is. No one could do that. Because the body of Jesus was not there, he arose from the grave. Jesus appears in this text to the Marys, and immediately they go from grief to shock to joy. Everything is changed because he is alive, and uncertainty is cast away. Now, the second thing we want to embrace from this text is the resurrection helps us face fear. The resurrection helps us face fear. The angel said, and Jesus said, both of them, to the ladies, fear not, or don't be afraid. With a resurrected Jesus as our Lord, we can face anything with a calm assurance, including my friends, COVID-19. Fear can be a tidal wave of emotion. All of us have experienced it. Maybe it's the lump that you discovered on your body. Maybe it's the policeman knocking at your door at 2 o'clock in the morning as you realize that one of your children didn't come home. Maybe it's the pain that you're having in your chest. Maybe it's the sudden summons to your boss's office. Maybe it's the spouse who shocks you by saying, I don't love you anymore. Maybe it's the loved one who has been deployed. Or maybe it's that cough or that fever that you're experiencing in the midst of COVID-19. Fear not. Jesus is Lord. He is alive and he will be with you because he promised that he would be with you, that he would never leave you nor forsake you. The third thing that we can embrace from this text is this. The resurrection means he offers forgiveness. The resurrection means he offers forgiveness. And friends, that is really our greatest need. We may have a need for a job. We may have a need for better health. We may have all kinds of needs, and those things are important. But I would submit to you that our greatest need, man's greatest need, is forgiveness. I want you to picture what John in his gospel talked about when he was talking about the resurrection. He told the story that, that, that the women came and said, he's alive, he's not there. And it tells us that Peter and John began to sprint full speed ahead to the tomb to see for themselves. Have you ever wondered what Peter was thinking as he was running to the tomb? Remember just a few hours before, he had denied that he even knew Jesus. Not once. Not twice, but three times. And Luke tells us in his gospel that when the rooster crowed the third time, Jesus turned and looked into the eyes of Peter. 
Can you imagine that moment and how Peter must have felt? Now he is sprinting to the tomb. What is he thinking? Well, the scripture doesn't tell us what he is thinking, but I've often wondered, is he thinking about, will he forgive me? If he really is alive, and will I get to see him? Will, will he forgive me? Give me? Will I ever have a chance to be forgiven? And we know that the opportunity presented itself just a few days later on the shores of the Sea of Galilee in that incredible encounter between Jesus and Peter. And that is an example to us and a reminder to us that he is alive. And because of that, your sin can be forgiven. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No matter what it may be, forgiveness is available. What you said, what you did, what you thought, what you didn't do, All can be forgiven because our Savior is alive. Because of the resurrection, you have the offer of forgiveness for your sin. Now, the fourth thing that I want us to embrace from this text is this. The resurrection means he gives you purpose. The resurrection means he gives you purpose. If you look at verse 10, he says to the ladies, Go tell the disciples, and I'm going to meet them. And they did. They went and told. Then we come to the end of Matthew, and we find the passage that we know as the Great Commission, where Jesus gave purpose to his disciples in saying, Go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. So from that, we understand no matter who you are and no matter what you're calling, you have purpose. Jesus has given you purpose Your life has purpose and meaning. Use it for the glory of God. As you are on the way, and that's the literal translation of the words in the Great Commission, as you are on the way, as you are going, make disciples of every nation. So as you are on the way, show off Jesus who is inside of you. He is the one people need. Show Jesus the constant In our world is Jesus, crucified and risen. He is the one constant in our world. No matter your age, no matter whether you were male or female, no matter your educational background or your financial status, or no matter your life calling, you and I have a purpose. Now, in the midst of COVID-19, is there some purpose in your life that may be different? Certainly there, there is. Some of you are able to work. Some of you are not. But all of us, regardless of our situation, can in this moment serve Jesus and show others to him, though you may not get into their house. They may not come to see you. You're not going to go over and shake their hand. But there are things you can do like calling those people that you know and love and checking on them, letting them know that you love them and that you care about them and ask them if their needs and if they say yes and you can't meet it, maybe the church can do that and you can let us know. But all of us have a purpose in life and right now we have a 
special, singular purpose that three weeks ago we never would have anticipated. So listen to the still, small voice of the Spirit as He prompts you, and then obey in what He calls you to do. Number five, the resurrection means He offers new life. The resurrection means He offers new life. In Jesus, we've been saved. And we know that that term means rescued. We are rescued sinners in Jesus. Sin no longer has you bound up in chains. You have been set free. We have a new life in Christ. I've always loved the Peanuts comic strip. And I remember one from a few years ago. It was Saturday morning, and the Van Pelt children were watching the cartoons. Lucy and her brother Linus are sitting there in front of the television. When Lucy says to Linus, as only she could say it, go get me a glass of water. Linus looks surprised, turns to her and says, why should I do anything for you? You never do anything for me. Lucy responded, on your 75th birthday, I promise I'll bake you a cake. Linus got up and headed to the kitchen. And as he went, he said, life is more pleasant when you have something to look forward to. Well, we don't have to wait till we're 75 to have something to look forward to. We now in Christ have new life, and because of that, we have a living hope. And remember, that New Testament word hope doesn't mean guess or wish or think. It means certainty. We have a living hope, a living certainty in Christ Jesus. We have new life here, and we're on our way to a place that he himself is preparing for you. A very senior man was getting his annual checkup. And after his doctor examined him for a little while and they talked about things, the doctor said, well, if you keep taking care of yourself, you will be alive 10 years from now. This senior was a dedicated believer. And he laughed and he said, Doc, no matter what I do, I'll be alive 1,000 years from now. And how true that is. The great hymn says, when we've been there 10,000 years, and we will be, as Jesus prepares a place for us, and then ultimately we go to be with him. Lastly, number six, because of the resurrection, he keeps his promises. Because of the resurrection, he keeps his promises. You can trust one who died on a cross and arose from the grave. You can trust that everything he said prior to his crucifixion is absolutely true, and you can trust it. When he said, I am the good shepherd, you can believe it. When he said, I am the way, the truth, the life, you can believe it. When he says, I am the resurrection and the life, you can believe it. Everything that Jesus said was validated by the fact that he arose from the grave. He is alive today. He said to you, I'll be with you 
and he will. He said to you, I'm preparing a place for you. He is. And he said, you're mine. And you are. Believe it. Because the resurrected Savior said it. And it's true. So the resurrection means he is alive. The resurrection means he helps us face fear. The resurrection means he offers forgiveness. The resurrection means he gives you purpose. The resurrection means he offers new life. And the resurrection means he keeps his promises. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Some of you are watching this today from Belton, Temple, Killeen, Fort Hood, Nolanville, Harker Heights, Salado, Troy, somewhere in the vicinity of First Baptist Belton. Others of you may be much farther away, watching from somewhere else in Texas or somewhere else in the United States. Some of you may be even watching from another country. But wherever you may be watching, I have a question for you. Do you know Jesus? Are you a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? If you're not, or you're not certain about that, I want to plead with you this morning to call out to Jesus. And it can be words very simple like this. Dear Jesus, I acknowledge you as Lord of my life. I ask you to come into my life and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive my sins. And I want to follow you from this day forward. I hope you'll pray that prayer. And if you do, let us know. Because we want to get you some information that will help you to grow as a Christ follower. God bless you all. Church family, I love you. I miss you. I hope it won't be long till we're able to be together again. So as we conclude our service, you know what we're going to do. Christ is risen. Would you bow with me, please, for prayer? And as we've been doing our prayer of benediction from the last book of the Bible, the next to last book of the Bible, the book of Jude, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling And to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Thank you for listening. Please feel free to call the church at 254-939-0705 if you need prayer or if you just want to talk to somebody, we're here to listen. If you would like more information, visit our church website at fbcbelton.org. We're located at 506 North Main in Belton, Texas, and would love to see you soon.